The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, I need your help. I want to declare your praise. I want to declare your greatness. I want to declare your victory. Uh, Lord, would you help me to do that well, that we could celebrate that victory together this day? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, hopefully, all of you have a friend or two in the world, and, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, you have at least one friend who, can be, who is a good enough friend that they are honest with you, maybe even brutally honest with you. Do you have anybody like that? You know, haven't seen anybody for a while. Hey, do I look any older? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely look older. Uh, and you're gaining weight, right? Uh, that, that type of thing. Well, I want to tell you about two such friends that I have uh, that have visited our church here community, and I want to tell you about their comments. One of them uh, came for a visit back in the fall of 2016, a while ago. He's an old high school friend. And we had met up a couple times to go to some sporting events and playing some golf. He's from Pittsburgh, so we'd meet in Ohio and play golf. But uh, he said, hey, I'd like to come out and visit your church. I said, you know, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. So he came out, and on a Saturday, we went up to Hampshire and played a little golf. And we came on Sunday morning. Well, I came in early because I'm a nervous wreck on Sunday mornings, and I was in here uh, doing some different things. And uh, he came in a little later. Now, this is 2016 in the fall. The reason I mention that is something happened in 2016 in the fall. It's it's an amazing phenomenon that only happens about once every 100 years, and that is the Cubs were winning. And uh, so the and uh, they were and they had just maybe won uh, one of the series. It wasn't the World Series yet, but they had just won on the World Series. My friend walked into the back of church, back in those doors back there, and I'm seeing some of the folks here that uh, that were guilty. Uh, but there was about 25 people that were decked out in their Cubs gear like crazy. And uh, so afterwards, I said, you know, first impressions of our church? And he said, well, he said, I didn't know if I was a church or a victory rally. Uh, and he wasn't real sure. So I wanted to start because if you do not know this morning, if you were a church or if you are a church or a victory rally, I wanted to tell you, you're at a victory rally. Okay? No doubt about it. If you, if you try to get, you know what? One person clapped. That won't do it. I'm going to say that again. Uh, that's one of those statements, there should have been spontaneous eruption of applause, but we can't do the stinking little golf clap, okay? Uh, we, can't, we can't do that. If you're going to clap for Jesus, you got to make it happen. So I'm going to say that whole thing again, okay? Not the whole thing, but you know what I mean. You don't have to hear the story about my friend. Uh, but if you were wondering whether you came to church or a victory rally, you are at a victory rally. There we go. And that was completely spontaneous. That was, a, that was a beautiful thing about it. That was so completely spontaneous because we are definitely celebrating uh, the victory that Jesus has that was described in the last verse that Josh read this morning. Death is swallowed up in victory. Now, I have to start. No, no, we're done now. Uh, we just can't clap the whole time. Let's not be ridiculous. But, um, but death is most definitely swallowed up in victory. But we need to t- start. Uh, I wanted to tell you about the other friend that I had to visit here one time. Uh, it was probably I had been here pastor for about a month. He said, hey, I'm coming through South Bend on the toll road. 
He said, well, you say we get together for lunch. I said, okay. And, and uh, he picked Applebee's, and we got off the toll road, went to Applebee's, and, and we were eating good in the neighborhood, feeling good in the neighborhood, whatever you do at Applebee's. Uh, but anyway, we were there having a good time. And uh, he said, hey, I got a few minutes. He said, I'd love to see your church. I was like, okay. Uh, so we came up, and we walked in the lobby doors over here. And uh, this, again, is this brutally honest friend, but he looked around. And some of you might remember this. I don't mean to be offensive if you designed this. But our church used to have, first of all, chandeliers hanging down in the middle of that lobby. And it used to have plastic plants everywhere and furniture that was, we'll say, seasoned, uh, mature furniture. Uh, we'll put it like that. So he walks in the door. He looks around. And first thing he says to me is, hey, why should church look like a funeral parlor? And uh, very, very uplifting, very encouraging. Why does your church look like a stinking funeral parlor? Well, that drove me crazy. In fact, as soon as he left, I went out, and I think you'd still find them. The chandeliers, I couldn't disconnect, but I shoved them up in the ceiling. And I, I think they're still out there. I was like, I can't handle this because there is nothing that I just hate more than just the whole concept, the whole idea of death. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, I dread it. I mean, driving by a funeral parlor, a cemetery, anything that has to do with this, I've come to hate it. And you might be thinking, well, sir, you are in the wrong line of work. And that's possible for several reasons. But what I was really going for is the idea that even though, yes, I hate it, I have come to understand this more and more. Now, the, the Scripture says this. The prophet Isaiah wrote this. Therefore, Sheol... Uh, talking about the afterlife and death, has enlarged its appetite. It has opened its, its mouth beyond measure. And that idea that I hate about death is just that consuming idea of death. The idea that indeed death does come to all. That it is eating its way through the entire human family. I hate that. However, the prophet also wrote this. He said, he shall, are you ready? And this goes back to our reference in, in the New Testament. But the prophet who said death is eating its way through the entire family is swallowing up people. He will swallow up death. He, the capital H there. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from their eyes and the roach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. So this, in the same sense that death seems to be having a good time, what I, we get to talk about today is the fact that there is a swallower of the great swallower if you want to put it like that, and just as death swallows up individual after individual and we watch it and it often breaks our heart, we can realize that death is going to get its comeuppance. And don't, don't you love that plot in anything? Don't, don't you love that plot when that which is evil, that which seems to be prospering, uh, that which seems to be winning, all of a sudden gets it in the end? You know, don't, I used to watch, we used to watch a show called Person of Interest. We always loved it because, you know, when they got around to the end, whoever the bad guy was was going to get his. The guy seemed to be prospering. And any show like that, I love that storyline. I love that storyline that when the bad guy thinks he's winning, as it turns out he is not, this is a storyline we look at today. That although death sometimes looks like it's winning, it's not. And I'm going to look at four specific areas Four specific times that we could say when we can watch death take a beating. First of all, Easter. First of all, in the resurrection. You know, death was after Jesus from the very beginning. Did you know that? Uh, remember Herod sent out the decree, let's kill all the babies? 
In fact, even before that, the Bible talks about uh, there being a great war in heaven, and many people believe it talked about, it's talking about the idea that Satan was doing everything that he could to stop the birth of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and then, as Jesus began his ministry, any time that he would mention uh, that he was the Son of God, or any time he would challenge the authority of the Pharisees at that time, once again, the plots would rise to kill him. There are several times when they said they had him cornered and he would slip away because they planned on putting him into death. Until that final week, until that week that we call that Holy Week, uh, when finally Jesus said, yes, now has come the time to die, and their plots are fulfilled, and they get Jesus together, and they, they get, and they put him on the cross, and they crucify him, and death has won. Death has won because death couldn't hold him. Okay, and that is the message we look at today when we think about the resurrection. When death thought it had won, when they thought it had swallowed up Jesus, Jesus beat death from the inside out. There's a story some of you might be familiar with in the Old Testament of a prophet by the name of Jonah who gave us a picture of Christ in that God had prepared a great fish to swallow him up. Uh, but that fish could not hold him, ended up spitting him back up, and Jesus could not be held in death. Easter's a great time for tradition, so I want to give you an old-school illustration. Okay, I heard a preacher back when I was in high school give this illustration. It must have been good because I still remember it. But he talked about the day in which Jesus died, and he said there at the grave of Jesus, death was where he was, always standing guard. And Satan came up to him, and he said, death, uh, you got to understand, this, this one's big. you got to hold on to this one. And death was like Satan. You know who you're talking to, right? I'm death. Have I ever lost anybody? I don't lose them. Once they're mine, they're mine. That's it. Just relax. Take a breath. And Satan walked away a little bit easier. Day two comes. Satan shows up. He's still a little nervous. Hey, death, he's still there, right? And uh, he says, uh, yeah, I told you, didn't I? I guard him. I, I, I've got him. He's not going anywhere. The next day comes, and Satan maybe is a little bit more relaxed as he approaches the tomb and says to death, you have this one, don't you? Still there? He says, it's all good. It's all good. Day three, Satan appears off in the distance, and death finds himself jumping up and down and screaming, look out! He's free. And that is the message of the resurrection. And the first time we can look and see that death gets swallowed up is in the fact that Jesus himself walked out of that grave, stepped on death's head, put his foot right there on his head, and all of Christianity and all that we believe in the different verses Josh read to us this morning and talked about that whole idea that without the resurrection of Christ, what we're doing here is a joke, folks. It is. Everything that we do in a Christian life is a joke without the resurrection. If Christ be not risen, our faith is in vain. If this didn't happen, we're wasting our time. He said if, if it didn't happen, we're of all men most miserable. But then the phrase, and I love that there was a response to it when Josh read it. He said, but now is Christ risen. And he is. But the first time that we see this victory, the first time we celebrate this victory is in the resurrection I want to show you a passage in the book of Ephesians that will lead us to the second time we can see victory over death. The apostle wrote, and he said, you were dead in trespasses and sins. Let me just stop there for a second. The, the apostle Paul wrote, and he said, you, you were dead. All of you were dead 
in trespasses and sins. Notice he did not say you were weak or you were struggling or you were trapped. He said you were dead in your trespasses and sins and the way in which you once walked. Following the course of the world, following the prince and power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out our desires, a body and, and the mind, and were by nature Children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, but in verses 4 and 5, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, notice the, the reason behind it, because God is merciful, not because we deserved it, and because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were what? We were dead in trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ by the grace you have been saved. A second time when we see uh, death take a beating is in the salvation of anyone who has trusted in Jesus Christ. And let me state again, the Scripture does not tell us that we were stuck. If you were stuck, you could try harder. You maybe get a little help and get pulled out. What the Scripture says is we were dead. The inner part of us that should respond to to God was dead, and that meant we were powerless to act. Romans 3.23 states that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a great little study into the original language because where it says all, that little three-letter word, you dig into that and you find just this incredible meaning from the Greek where it was written. That word all, it means all. That's what it means. It means the ground is completely level, meaning that there, whether you are in here today and you grew up in a home where mommy and daddy sat and told you every day of your life that Jesus loves you and read the Bible and, and, uh, and you know, encouraged you in every way to walk with and follow God, or whether you come from a home that is so broken it, it brings tears to your eyes right now to think about it, it doesn't matter. All of us, the Bible says, we're dead in sin. And what happens when a person tr- places their faith in Jesus Christ, when a person calls out to Jesus and says, I trust in you for forgiveness of my sin, the Bible says that we are translated then from death to life. Death takes a beating. That's what happens on salvation. So we celebrate it as far as the resurrection. We we celebrate it as far as salvation is concerned. Let me show you something else about that, though. Jesus Christ said this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, and, and, and don't miss this, the words of Christ. Whoever hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has eternal life. Just in case anybody wasn't focused yet, Jesus said, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. But look at this. He does not come into judgment. He has passed from death to life. As positive as today's message is and as excited as I am, I feel like I also need to make sure that I say this. If a person has not believed in him, the res- and this, this is harsh, if a person has not believed in Jesus Christ, the resurrection is meaningless. I mean, you, you might be sitting here and thinking, you know, what are these people so excited about? You know, 200 years ago, this dead guy, I guess, or we thought he was dead or whatever like that, and maybe he came back. But the resurrection of Christ is of supreme irrelevance to those who do not believe. You know, I, I was listening to a radio uh, show this week. Uh, I don't know for sure what station it was on. Could have been the oldies, probably. Uh, but they were asking the question, what do you think of when you think of Easter? And uh, you can, what, what's the first thing that popped into your he- head when you think of Easter? Number one answer, bunnies. 
Uh, top answer was bunnies. Cadbury eggs was up there pretty high. Candy was up there pretty high. Family was up there pretty high. I never did hear anything about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. So the question that I think we need to look at today is, does the resurrection of Jesus Christ mean anything to me personally? In other words, have I moved from that place where I was dead in my sins? And the, again, the Bible says that is true of all of us. Have I moved from that place where I was dead in my sins to the place where I am alive through Jesus Christ, that he is giving me life when I place my faith and trust in him? And by the way, uh, I've got a few more minutes left that I'm going to talk, but you don't even have to wait those few more minutes. If right now you say, hey, you know what, that's me. I don't know that I, that I have this life and I want this life. And if in your heart you were to say to, to God right now, God, I know that I, I, I get that now. I, I get that, that I am dead because of sin, you know, that I need this new life. And I want to fa- place my trust in Jesus Christ, I believe. For Jesus said, he who hears my word and believes has passed from death to life. So we can celebrate that. Indeed, he is alive. He swallows up death. And uh, so we have looked at the resurrection. We have looked at salvation, keeping with my little theme of words that end in T-I-O-N. The next word that I put up here is we can look at graduation. Now, sometimes if you attend a funeral, somebody will say, hey, this isn't really a funeral service. This is somebody's graduation. So what I'm talking about when I use this word is that idea of moving on to heaven. And it might seem like a strange thought. In fact, I came across, some of you may have heard of a, a guy as an old 100 years ago preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon is probably the most quoted preacher that there ever was. He's called the Prince of Preachers. But he had a sermon entitled this. Listen to this one. It's a weird one. He said, the believer's death day is better than his birthday. He said, what? The believer's death day is better than his birthday. If you read through his sermon, he talks about the fact that why babies cry. So they cry at the beginning because they know it's ahead. <laughs> Uh, they, they know that best case scenario, it's going to be a mixed bag. Job said this of man, or in, in the scripture tells us that man is born of trouble. Jesus said this, that in this world we will have trouble. And the apostle Paul t- talked about death, and he said to be away from the body is a win for me. It is a victory because I'm, pr- I'm present with the Lord. And though I am incredibly aware, and, and, and I say this, not, I didn't really even want to say this in passing, and though I am incredibly aware of the pain that death causes to our lives here on this earth, we ought to understand and we ought to always remember that for me, for the person, for the believer who dies in Jesus Christ, it's all good, okay? Now, that doesn't, you know, there, there's still hurt for those of us who are left behind, but for that person, um, in one of the verses that Josh uh, read It talked about the final enemy that Jesus would conquer in his victory. Anybody remember what the final enemy is? Death. The final enemy is death. I thought it was kind of interesting in Psalm 110, verse number 1. The Lord says uh, to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies the footstool. 
I got thinking about that, and I, I love this image. I was going to take the little footstool out of the bathroom, but I had a bad vision that during the middle of service, some little kid would be hanging off the sink back there, uh, just so I could illustrate. I also was a little afraid it wouldn't hold me, and I'd be a, a video highlight that would go around the world. Watch this guy fall off the platform. But, uh, but I want you to think about the whole idea of that step stool that's stepping up. And you might, when you think of a step stool, you might first think, oh, that's what I put my feet up on when I rest, you know, kind of like an ottoman resting like that. But the purpose of that step stool is that I can reach higher that I can step up. And what God has done with death, that final enemy is he's made it his footstool. He's made it our footstool. So in death, what happens is this very thing. I am stepping up. I am waking up to a place where the sun never sets. And this is hard for us to want to come to terms with but the truth is this very simply for us to experience the resurrection and we sang a lot about that the resurrecting king is resurrecting me for us to experience that resurrection back in the verses again that josh read at the beginning of the of the service it talked about that because christ is risen i too rise he is the first fruits he used that word a couple times he is the first one to rise from the dead but he is the initial one we follow him in that resurrection we follow him to that new life and we step up but for that resurrection to happen we're going to die okay uh, at least for most of us, unless Jesus returns and we don't have to do that. But that is what is going to happen, but it has been made that. So if you will with me, think about the victory that we celebrate on this morning, the victory in that resurrection when Jesus first walked out of that grave, the victory that comes uh, in salvation when a person turns to Jesus Christ the Bible says not that he's joined a church or not that he has become religious. What it says is you move from death to life. And then the victory that we just looked at of graduation day when indeed uh, this life on earth ends for us. The fourth word that I want to think about is coronation, a fourth time when we see death get its butt. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't going to use that terminology. Uh, when we see death lose, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> you see, I shouldn't have been saying that goofing around before. Uh, so, um, but, <laughs> but when we see death lose, uh, very plainly, is on the return of Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about, uh, in, in the book of Revelation, that I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and the one sitting on that was faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and he makes war. Now, if you were here last week or if you followed the sermon, I was talking about that idea of when Jesus came in on Palm Sunday, he came in on a donkey. You remember when a king came on a donkey, he came in peace. And Jesus came, the Prince of Peace, to bring peace, to offer peace between God and man. Jesus came to offer forgiveness of sin and make things right between God and man, the Prince of Peace. But I don't want you to miss this, because the Bible makes very plain, he's coming again. And he's not riding a donkey, he's riding a horse. And when a king came in those days, a time of... of uh, in, in, the, in that time when he came on a horse, he came uh, to make war. And this is the one sitting who's called faithful and true and in righteousness. He judges and he makes war. And Jesus is coming back. And I want to show you this. I showed you a verse from John chapter 5 earlier, but I want to show you a couple more here. Jesus says, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear my voice and come out. 
The Revelation uses the terms that the land and the sea will give up the dead. Death will be emptied out. And on that day, uh, upon Christ's return uh, to, to establish his kingdom here, those who have done good will be raised to the resurrection of life, but those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. In other words, on that day, some are raised to know eternal life. However, some will die, or some who have died in defiant unbelief will be raised to a resurrection of judgment. Okay, I don't, I'm not making that up. And it's not even, you know, hey, is that the positive thing you want to say? Uh, yes, that is the, the truth that we need to make sure wh- that, that we remember here. Because all will be raised, but the king says, those who have done good, those who have trusted in me for this new eternal life, but those who have decided no in defiant disbelief, I will not accept this Savior. I will not trust in him as my own, are raised instead to a resurrection of judgment. I want to ask that question here for a second that I heard on the radio this week. What does Easter mean to you? Okay, maybe you're already thinking ham. Uh, Cadbury eggs, the Easter egg hunt this afternoon, or maybe the one that you already had or something like that. But when we talk about Easter, what does the resurrection of Jesus Christ mean to you? And if you look around and say, man, these people, what are, what are they so excited about? <laughs> what, are, what what's, what's the deal? You know, why, why is this such a big, hairy deal? Because when we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ defeated death. He defeated death, and we see it clearly in salvation. We see it even in graduation when a, when a believer passes away. We'll see it on his return, and death has been defeated. Do you know what that new life is about? Do you know uh, and have a clear sense that, that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and that that relationship with him is real, that the one who came in peace, you have received that peace. You have made your peace with God by trusting in him for forgiveness of sin. Um, I, in planning the service, there's part of me, and those of you who know me know I'm, a, I'm goofy. Uh, and uh, there's part of me that's kind of like, ah, it's Easter, I'll be here. We've got to make sure we do something funny. And a lot of times we'll show... Uh, a video of uh, the, some guys are called the skit guys, and you know they'll do something humorous. I'll say, ah, we'll make that part of the uh, part of the service. And I, I actually bought one and downloaded it and and uh, got it and thought, hey, yeah, we'll we'll use that somewhere. But honestly, <laughs> the more I played it, I thought, nah, it just doesn't fit because I, I don't really want to just give you a laugh to leave on. My prayer this entire week has been that you'll leave in one of two ways. Either you will leave like you're walking out of a sporting event and your team just won the World Series, or they just won the Super Bowl, or maybe your team's won both those and they won the Stanley Cup and the NBA championship and the national championship and everything else. Every team that you root for and you're walking out the door saying, victory, this is awesome. Or my prayer is that you will leave with a deep sense of your need for the Savior, Jesus Christ, and with the knowledge that God so loved the world that he gave his Son, that whoever believes in him, puts their faith in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. And my prayer is that whether it is right now in your seat, you say, Dear God, that's me, and I need you. I need a Savior. 
or whether it is in the coming days because God's Holy Spirit continues to bring that message to you, uh, my prayer is that you know, that's what you'll leave with, one of those two things. Always glad to have a smile, always glad to have some laughter, but more than anything, want to make sure that we understand the significance of the resurrection and what Easter really means. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up because we're going to close with a song. But even as they're coming up and getting ready, would you do me a favor, maybe just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute with me and just take a moment and... uh, And maybe just during this time before we sing it together, express your praise and your thanks to God for the victory in Jesus Christ. Or maybe this would be a time when you'd say, God, I don't don't really know that I know that victory, but I want to. I want to, Jesus. I want to be a believer in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I put my faith and trust in that, that you can deliver me from the penalty of sin because you beat death. And, um, and maybe you'd be praying that prayer even right now. Our Father, <laughs> proclaiming the greatest truth um, that man can know, I think, is, uh, is beyond me. My ability, you know, to proclaim something like that is just, just not there. I don't, I don't have it, Lord. So I pause now and say, Spirit of God, would you take the magnificence of the resurrection and bring it home? Would you take the truth and I want to use the word pounded. I don't know what I want to say, but, uh, but apply it to skeptical hearts and minds. You know, those who might even be right now questioning, hey, is, is this real? Is this really something that happened? May we understand the truth. For this, Lord, I know is the thing that separates Christianity from everything else, that we serve a risen Savior, and we follow a risen King, and that death is indeed defeated. May we learn more and more to live like that and walk in that truth, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.